Hello everyone and welcome back to the Showing Up To Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns and I'm really, really excited to be here today with you as I am every day. This is not just something I say. I really do get excited to, to make these videos and this podcast because I just love to share this information with you. Um, not only do I love to, to share the information because I know it's going to help right? But I also just love, I mean love, to hear back from people who, who tell me how much benefit they're getting from this this work. And, and it, I mean that very, very seriously. Like like any of you who have ever reached out, and I know there are many of you, uh, please know that you have absolutely made my day every time that you've done that. And, and I just get such a nourishment. One of my favorite quotes is by uh, the, the great, um, the very well-known and, and powerful spiritual uh, guide and teacher named Ram Das, right? And he had this quote, uh, he's since passed away, um, you know, in the last couple of years he passed away, uh, but he has this quote that says that, I, I help people to work on myself and I work on myself to help others. And that to me is the is what the emerging game is all about. That's what Ram Dass' quote was. And, and that just, when I read that, it just so, so resonated with me because that's the thing, you know, it's, it's not just me, you know, teaching you and helping you with this stuff. It's actually me helping myself through helping you. And I just want you to know that, that there's a, a, a symbiotic or symbiotic um, uh, kind of, you know, relationship here with this work. And, and I just want you to know that you are very much a part of that. And, and it's important for me that you understand that. And I hope that you understand that. If you have any questions, you want to talk more about that, I'm here for you, okay? Because it's true. This is a, a very, very much a, 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 a beneficial, a, a, a nurturing thing that happens between us. And I'm getting as much nurture out of it as, as you are. Uh, so please keep those comments coming. I love them. So, um, so for all of you who are watching the video today, you might notice it looks a little different here. And, uh, that's because I have a new setup in my office. I'm actually kind of working with two different desks now, instead of, I used to have this set up with like a, a folding chair and a bunch of bins, but my son, uh, got a new, uh, desk <laughs> for like the Christmas kind of thing. We set up his room a little bit for him and um, and so now I'm dealing with a new setup here. So I, I had to move the camera a little bit. I hope it's okay. I hope the lighting is, is okay and stuff. Uh, if you have any comments about that, please let me know. Um, but otherwise, and I will try not to touch, I actually have this thing. It's, it's a very precarious setup and every time I touch the table, I think I move the camera a little bit. So I'll try not to do that anymore. Uh, so so thank you again for joining me here and I'm, I'm just delighted to be here with all of you um, and now that we've gotten all that out of the way let's get to the video for today and the and the podcast for today and um, and what I want to talk about I want to kind of go a little bit further on what we were talking about yesterday um, you know which I try to do with all these videos I try to make them some like a cohesive kind of flow to them where where today's video kind of comes from yesterday's in a way uh, it's not always perfect but I try um, and so um, what I wanted to talk about today, and, and something that's been alive for me a lot lately, and, and something I'm going to talk about a lot more uh, in the coming weeks and months, is 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 the the emotion of anger, you know, and 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 what that's all about, and and why do we have it? 
you know, is it good for us? Is it bad for us? And all that kind of stuff. And, and most importantly, of course, you know, how the practice of compassion can help us to process our anger, not to avoid it, but help us to process it, okay? Because there's something that's really important. I'm gonna say this a bunch of times, and I want you to hear this, you know, as often as I can possibly tell you. If I could say this a million times, it would be not enough, okay? Um, or it certainly could be said more, let me say it that way. Um, anger is not something that should be suppressed. Full stop. Okay, no matter what you hear me saying, if you if something I'm saying here in the next couple of podcasts sounds like I'm saying to, to swallow your anger or to avoid your anger or to any way suppress your anger, please go back, listen again. Please let me know if something is, is that I'm saying makes it sound that way because that is probably one of the most dangerous things we can do okay, for our health, right? You know, suppressing anger, you know, means that we, it boils inside of us. And, and this has been, uh, has been linked to so many different diseases that, that happen. It's, it's part of the stress, right? It's definitely kind of related to stress, which I'm going to explain to you. And, and when we have, you know, uh, chronic stress in our body, that is also inviting, uh, you know, several different uh, diseases that could be happening, heart diseases, um, you know, hypertension, tension, um, you know, arrhythmias, all kinds, but also immuno, uh, like autoimmune diseases, right, come from the, the, the you know, uh, unregulated stress in our body and anger, you know, especially when it's something that is, that is held in or avoided or somehow suppressed, you know, that is going to be something that is going to be very, very, uh, you know, again, dangerous for you because it's going to create uh, the conditions in your body to, to, for disease to, to, to flourish, okay? And so I'm not gonna get too sciencey about it, right? Because number one, it's maybe a little bit over my head. You know, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't have formal training, but I've certainly done a lot of uh, reading and studying about this. Um, you know, one of the books that I'm, I'm, I'm really love and I always turn back to this is When the Body Says No uh, by Dr. Gabor Mate, who you can see here, that handsome devil. Um, he is a brilliant man. He's a brilliant doctor, a brilliant um, you know, speaker. I highly recommend you check him out. Um, really, really brilliant guy. And, um, and, and, and this is an entire book you know, devoted to how stress um, you know, the, the subtitle of the book is Exploring the Stress-Disease Connection, right? And so if you want to get into the science of how this works, this is your guy. I really recommend you. You could probably uh, go on YouTube, and you're already on YouTube if you're watching this. Uh, you, can, you can go onto YouTube and just search When the Body Says No, Gabor Mate, and, and you will uh, in all likelihood find some, some, uh, some videos of him talking about this. So if you're not into reading the book or listening to the audiobook, I'm sure you can find some YouTube videos of him giving speeches on this. He's a wonderful speaker, very relatable, very, very intelligent, but doesn't come off as like confusing. So it's, I love the guy. I really do. I mean, I'm a big, you know, kind of big, big fan of his. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so if you're interested in the science of all of this and how, how the, the stress disease, uh, thing kind of, you know, the connection happens, you know, I strongly recommend this book. But of course, if you have any questions about this and you want to get into like an offline conversation about this, I, 
be more than happy to support you on that as well. Okay, but but what I want to talk about today, and and you know, and and ultimately all the time, right? As I, I've told you a couple of times in the last couple of days, I'm planning to to really shift my work uh, in the in the direction of compassion. I mean, it's always been a big part of my work, so it's not going to be a drastic change here or anything. Uh, but but I've come to understand, I've come to believe and understand through my own work. Again, I help people to to work on myself and I work on myself to help people you know and and through this process I have I have come to understand that um, that com that compassion and and what we can refer to as heartfulness right we have mindfulness which works on you know kind of the the thoughts the emotions and the uh, the sensations of your of your body but from the place of the mind right which is this processing um, you know kind of apparatus that we have that really is brain focused right it's really kind of you know it's not it's hard to say that it's just brain focused because it does it does include the whole body right but heartfulness right is kind of the you know moving it from here to here in a way and I'm for you on the podcast I'm, I'm going from my head to my heart you know um, there, there's also you know which I have not heard of yet but gutfulness right like like following the you know going even lower down and following the the understanding of the mind of the gut right the the fact of the matter is that we have neurons in all three of these areas of our bodies right we have neurons of the of the brain we have neurons that that you know that, that are involved with the heart that surround the heart and we have neurons that surround the, the gut as well right the the stomach and the whole uh, digestive uh, apparatus of our body right and and all three of them are brains of their own right they are they, they literally are you know and in fact one of the really fascinating things about the heart is that it doesn't need the brain to survive right the brain absolutely needs the heart to survive because the brain needs oxygen rich blood and that's what the heart is there to do is to give that blood to the brain but the heart can survive without the brain Right, which is really kind of fascinating, right? When somebody goes into a, a state of comatose or or you know or, or a vegetative state, right, where their brain is literally not really doing much, you know, it's it's very idle, you know, the, the heart still thrives. You know, so it's kind of really fascinating to me. And and so so not just even on a physiological level, but how the emotions affect. And so what I'm driving at is that is that my belief and my understanding has come to be that that it's not just mindfulness and meditation that's really really powerful but actually compassion practices are are really super powerful um, in the in the reduction of stress and in the in the understanding of the emotions that are happening uh, you know that emotional intelligence that can allow us to to you know to thrive and, and thrive physically emotionally and mentally right that that really you know the compassion kind of takes care of this you know and and again i'm going to describe this more in the la in the next few podcasts and you're going to hear more and more about this and so so but but right now just sort of on a basic level right what i want to kind of discuss today is how you know how stress right you know stress is something that that is you know obviously again i mean there's a whole book written and this is just one book right i mean there's you know if you, if you write if you were to google stress and disease i'm sure you would get you know literally millions of hits on that right because it's so i mean there's you know not just dr gabor mate who wrote this book in um let me look when this book was written um 
2003. So this book is already kind of, you know, it's a little bit old at this point. Uh, I'm sure that there's books being written today. <laughs> that, that talk about the connection between stress and disease because doctors now are saying that literally every single disease that could happen to the human body is related somehow in stress. And that, that includes even, as Dr. Monte talks about in this book, even the ones that are genetically predisposed, right? The, 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 you know, the, the genetically predisposed diseases that we might have. Like, so we all have, you know, some of us, not all of us, so some of us might have a cancer gene in our genome, right? And and so so today, doctors and, and neuroscientists and genetic scientists understand so much about the, the genetics that, that something called epigenetics, right? Which is that, that our genes have this sort of regulating, um, you know, sort of a volume switch, if you will, right? That, that it can be turned up or turned down. And the, and the thing that turns up the genes that are responsible for diseases is stress. Right. And so so that's why, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, the, the focus of my work since the day I started doing this has been stress reduction. Right. And, and mindfulness and, and heartfulness are known for 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 the powerful ability to reduce stress. OK. And so so that's why it's not much of a of a, of a uh, jumping off point. Right. But the thing I want to kind of talk about, you know, going forward here and, and, and in heartfulness, you know, along with mindfulness, let's say, because it's not one or the other, it's kind of both, right? Uh, but, but to focus on the compassion, and I'm going to tell you why this makes sense, okay? Because, you know, basically the stress response in our body, right, is 100% of the time caused by fear on some level. Right, we're either afraid of, of of having something that we don't want, right? Like afraid of being cold and 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 you know and and, and freezing to death, or or being afraid of 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 not having something that we really want, right? So that could be the fear of of being misunderstood, the be, the fear of being taken advantage of, right? You know, whatever the case is, right? Fear is what drives the stress response, right? Now. In the way that the system is supposed to work, right, the, the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is, you know, what is active during the stress response, right, this is very much, you know, part of our survival mechanism, right? And so that's why when we say that when we're in the stress response, we're in survival mode, right? And it's very, very true, right? And so, so for that reason, you know, and I talk about this a lot, right, is that, that when the stress response is appropriately triggered, right, that's when we are in some kind of danger, right we're in danger of of freezing right so so if you're if you're stuck out in a you know you're you're out in a a hiking trip in the back country out here in Colorado Rockies right and and you break your leg right the you know the stress response right is the thing that's going to allow you to to actually walk to help anyway even though your leg is broken right because that's your survival mode your the stress response is going to is going to increase your heart rate your blood pressure it's going to give you the energy to to push through the pain and the and the the you know the the adversity of a broken leg or a broken arm or whatever it might be right to to enable you to get to safety right and that is because 
of the fear that you have of freezing to death, right? If you spend overnight out in the Rockies without some kind of, you know, without a, the proper equipment, you are going to freeze to death, right? At certain times of the year, right? And so therefore, you know, the stress response is that's what it's for, right? Now, <laughs> the reality is that most of us are never going to find ourselves stranded in the, the back country of the Colorado, Colorado Rockies in the middle of winter uh, with a broken leg, right? Most of us will never experience that kind of situation. Most of us will never experience being chased by a bear. Most of us will never experience any kind of life or death situation, right, in our lives. Right, because we live in a modern society, right? We have stores to buy food. We have, uh, you know, furnaces in our house to keep us warm. We have, you know, ways to keep in touch with the, with the world through through electronics, right? We we live in a society that does not, you know, kind of, you know, that, that doesn't have room in it for that kind of danger for most of us, you know, most of us, right? Now that's not everyone. Okay, yeah, and there are certain, you know, parts of the world that are dangerous, right? And so, so some of us live with actual uh, uh, appropriate stress, but most of us, when we're experiencing stress, which many of us experience, I've thrown this, this statistic around a lot, that the American Stress uh, Institute, uh, you know, has conducted surveys that have shown, and this is pre-COVID, right? This is before 2019, has shown that 77% of American adults live with chronic stress, meaning that every single day your body enters into that stress response. Maybe you take the weekends off, but mostly every day, right? Which means that every day you're, you're, you know, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate increases, your respiratory system goes all out of whack. So do all the different systems of your body, your digestive system, your immune system, your reproductive system, your lymphatic system, all those things, right, are, are not working properly because you're experiencing stress, right? And so if 77% of American adults experience, uh, uh, you know, chronic stress, but something like, I mean, I would say it's probably got to be like maybe one or two percent of the population that experiences actual life or death situations you know in their lives on a regular basis right certainly chronically every day I mean almost nobody experiences life or death situations every single day of their life right some people yeah maybe some occupations some lifestyles some you know uh, circumstance of life sure but if it's one percent of the population I'd be surprised it was that high you know and so what gives right if 77 percent of us are feeling this stress and only one percent of us are feeling uh, are, are really you know justifiably in those stressful those life or death situations then then why is it that we're, we're experiencing the stress right well it comes from the same fear right and the same fear right is is you know the fear can either be the fear of of freezing to death or the fear could be of you know not being heard the way that we want to be heard uh, of being taken advantage of 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 you know not making our mortgage payment on time you know that's not a life or death situation i know it seems very dramatic right if we're if we're facing being thrown out of our house in the middle of winter obviously that is a very very big deal right but it's not life or death right and until the 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 sheriff is there like literally taking your stuff out of your house because you've been foreclosed or evicted right until that moment there is no physical danger to you right and so what happens is this is becomes you know the fear arises from 
our thoughts and our emotions, right? And 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 the and the the memories, the automatic kind of uh, you know default way in which we process the world around us, right? That's where the fear comes from, right? And so and so that fear right, is, is going to create, because the problem is, right, that your body and your brain don't have any other way to deal with fear than to initiate the stress response, right? And that's why what I say a lot of times is that the stress response is a physical response to a, a mental or emotional experience or phenomenon, if you will, right? And so, so what that means is that, you know, I am, I feel fear as I'm sitting at my desk because I'm thinking about something that is causing me fear. It's not because I'm afraid that the roof is going to fall down on my head. It's because I'm afraid of something that is in my mind or in my emotions, right? And so that's where things get very tricky, right? Now, now, you know, because how do we stop that? Right? Because how do you stop you know, uh, worrying about the mortgage? How do you stop worrying about what other people might be saying about you? How do you stop worrying about you know, uh, a car, you know, drivers who cut us off on the road right? and, and in, instill this level of rage in us? Right? The rage and the anger, I'm going to cover this in the next couple of po uh, podcasts and videos too, the rage and the anger all arise from that same fear. Right? That's the thing. Right? There are two basic emotions that we feel, right? And our emotions are there for a reason. And I've talked about this a lot too, so pardon me for, for repeating myself, but this is very important, right? Our emotions are there to drive us, right? If we didn't have our emotions, we wouldn't move, we wouldn't do anything. We literally could starve to death because we wouldn't bother trying to get ourselves food, right? That's literally what your emotions are doing. Your emotions are driving you towards something that you want, or they're driving you away from something that you fear. Okay, so in, so essentially, the the two basic, very, very basic emotions. Now, the emotions of the human body are very complex, so I'm super oversimplifying it in this, this statement, right? But, the, but if you boil all the emotions down, anything that's on the negative side of your emotions is always going to be rooted in fear. And any, any of your positive emotions, anything on the positive side of the spectrum of your emotional, you know, your emotional spectrum is always going to be rooted in love. Okay, so your emotions are driving you towards what you love or away from what you fear. Okay, so why is that important? right? And, and why does that deal with what we're calling heartfulness now? Right, because heartfulness is based on compassion. Right? Heartfulness is based on the, the idea that, that if I fill myself, my thoughts, my emotions, my, my every intention, if I'm filled with compassion, then I really can't be absorbed by fear. Right? Because that's the other thing about emotions that is really, really intense about the human brain, the human mind, the human body, is that, is that we can't do both at once. We literally cannot. We literally cannot feel love and fear at the same time. It's one or the other. And so if we focus on, on feeling compassion, we focus on feeling love, then we are not going to focus on feeling fear. And so therefore, if you are, if you are busy 
you know, you make yourself busy focusing on the love, the compassion that you have for everyone, including yourself, then, you know, then, then that person who cuts you off on the road is not going to, you know, and, and again, when we're sitting at our desk thinking about that person who cut us off on the road this morning and we feel that anger and that stress rising in, in us, it's not that we're afraid of getting hurt. Right, because that happened hours ago. I'm, I'm sitting at my desk now, I'm not in my car anymore. But yet I'm still like, ooh, I'm angry at that person, right? That anger is coming from this fear. And now, of course, it's not the fear of being hurt, it's the fear of, I don't know, losing, right? <laughs> or not, not being respected somehow, right? And that's just a, a, you know, it doesn't really matter as much as we make ourselves think it does. And believe me, Believe me, I'm not minimalizing it because I used to live with this ragey anger all the time. I'm going to start sharing some of my stories about that in these videos, in this podcast, right? And so I understand it. It's not something that makes you, you know, silly or, or wrong or, or anything like that, right? But what it is, is it's just a misdirected emotion, right? And, and so if instead right if instead of feeling this 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 stress that comes from this fear of being sort of you know taken advantage of somehow or or somehow um you know disrespected or something like that right if instead i can i can focus myself on the compassion that i have for that person who cut me off because probably in in one way or another right that person is suffering Right, and that's why the person cut me off on the road. Now, let me give you some examples of what that might mean. Right, that could mean that the person was hurrying to get to the hospital to to see someone who is in grave condition. Right, or it could mean that the person had to go to the bathroom really badly, or maybe the person was late for an appointment that they felt was going to be very, very important for them to not be late for whatever reason. Right, or it could simply it, maybe the person was drunk on the road. Right? In which case, what makes the person drive drunk? Right? It is a suffering. It is a deep suffering on the part, part of that person. Right? And when we can start to, when we can shift the, the mind of the heart and, and see those, you know, those sort of um, potential reasons for why this person did this thing to me. And of course, I'm just talking about cutting us off on the road, but the same thing could be applied to anything that you feel uh, resentful for uh, in another person, right? And, and this is, you know, and again, it could be yourself that you're feeling that way towards too, right? So when you're when you're worried about your your mortgage payment, right, and you and you you're feeling the stress of that that you know that fear that the the fear of the mortgage payment that's that's making that stress arise in your body, then most likely you're feeling these kind of thoughts about yourself, right? You're angry at yourself for something like, shoot, I shouldn't have bought that that thing last month. I shouldn't have spent so much at Christmas time. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have bought this house in the first place, right? You're beating yourself up, right? And so therefore you're, you're directing that sort of ire towards yourself, right? And that is what's creating this, <laughs> this level of stress, right? Now, of course, you know, compassion, right? What compassion does is compassion brings us back to, to a, a healthy state of our body, right? It's sort of the anti-stress, right? And so when we can practice self-compassion and we can pr practice compassion for everyone else, then 
there's nothing that's going to, to create this fear-based stress in our bodies, right? That is, unless we come across a situation like a bear chasing us or something that is truly life or death, in which case that's the appropriate time for the stress response to happen, and in which case the stress response doesn't become chronic, right? It becomes, you know, the way stress is supposed to work is it's supposed to be there while you're in danger, and then when the danger is over, <laughs> the, the stress is over too, right? So like a gazelle, right? A gazelle who runs away from a cheetah and is lucky enough to survive, right? The gazelle doesn't sit there all day and think, oh, that cheetah, gosh darn, I, I'm so angry at that cheetah. No, the gazelle goes on with its life. It starts eating grass. It's, it gets into the, the homeostasis. It goes from fight or flight to rest or digest, right and and it and it and it lies down in the shade and it munches some some delicious grass and it and it takes a nice uh sip of of a clear mountain stream or something right and and it and it gets to the place of homeostasis the place of equanimity and balance right and that's where we want to live and so much of what pushes us away from that equanimity and into that stress response again it's misdirected fear and so much of that fear can be resolved through the practice of compassion. All right, so again, I'm going to talk a lot more about this in the coming weeks. Um, and I invite you, if, if you have any questions about this, because a lot of times, you know, I, you know, so many of my clients say this, and I used to say this too, is that, you know, yeah, I always thought that, that compassion was important, but I had, I mean, it always seemed like superfluous or something, like not really that vital to my life. But after they practice, after they learn how to practice compassion and do the compassion practices for even just a few days, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. A few days later, I get calls from clients saying, how did I not know about this before? You know, how has this changed my life so dramatically, so quickly? And if you would like to learn more about that, if you'd like to learn some very simple practices you can start doing today, okay? If you don't have time to meditate, I'll, I'll show you how to do this and you'll get the same benefits, all right? So if you'd like to learn more, please let me know and let me help you to, to understand this. Let me help you to start to practice this in a way that will change your life, okay? Could even save your life. So let's get into this conversation, okay? And this conversation is going to continue over the next few weeks and months and everything through these podcasts and, and these uh, videos. But, but if you'd like to jump in, you know, I'm here to help you do that. Okay? So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I wish you well, and I'll be back again tomorrow to talk more about this dynamic and how heartfulness and compassion practices can, can really change everything. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.